life moved to Earth. And it existed, existed already elsewhere in the universe. I mean, there's this theory called uh, panspermia, which is that life travels in the cosmos and if it finds a suitable environment, it evolves. Maybe life appeared on our planet because it was existing in a neighboring place. Human journeys take different forms. As thousands of people flee war and violence, others seek to migrate into space. We now take you into the Empire of Dreams. We went through a major shift as a species about 10,000 years ago when we went from living as hunter-gatherers, um, which is how we had lived for 99.9% of our history on Earth, and we started growing our food. And that allowed a huge population expansion, and it started in a few places around the world, so the Fertile Crescent in the Middle East and southern China, highlands of New Guinea, uh, Mesoamerica with corn agriculture, maize agriculture. And these populations literally expanded out, and they had a huge genetic impact on the patterns that we see today, often replacing the people who had been living you know, in these regions before as hunter-gatherers. So, you know, these are a couple of the big themes that are kind of emerging from our work. Climate and culture, incredibly important in, in determining the patterns that we're looking at. Empire of Dreams podcast. Welcome to Empire of Dreams, a voyage exploring the movement of humans through time, space, geographies, and culture. This podcast is brought to you by me, June Chua. I'm a Canadian journalist whose family comes from Malaysia. And Maria Ponce. I'm a Mexican radio producer, and I've been a nomad since the age of seven. We want to delve into the history of humans, from the dawn of migration to outer space. In this story of humanity, we also weave dreams, the ones that you experience at night and the wishes you have when you are awake. Empire of Dreams. Listen. When Malaysia gained independence from Britain in 1963, the Chinese slowly started moving away. My family migrated to Canada in 1976. It took a while for my dad to find a job so I celebrated my birthday in a motel room in Vancouver. My parents bought me a cake from Safeway. What a strange name for a grocery store. But what a perfect name to start our journey. That's Orchestra Elastic a band led by Mexican artist Nahum Mantra, whom you heard earlier. Mantra has been working on the intersection of space, science, and nature with art. He's been a guest artist with various space agencies, including NASA and CERN in Europe. I really like to read the impressions of astronauts when they come back to Earth. And there's a common conversation, which is, from space, I didn't see any borders on our planet. So 
it is such a simple thing, but it took humans to get out of here in order to look back and say, oh, countries are not colored in different ways, like in every classroom in the world, you know? Actually, they all look the same. There are natural borders, of course, but they are not these imaginary lines that we've been drawing and that have caused so much to our kind and so much suffering. It's the result of wars and tensions and disagreement and championing differences. That's the perspective that we have from outer space. Tôi tên là Lý Thành Kim Thúy. Tôi sinh ở Sài Gòn, 18 tây tháng 9 năm 1968. If you left me in Vietnam, I wouldn't be much. If you had left me in the refugee camp, I would still be just a refugee. I would never have become a writer or a lawyer. And so we need both. You know, we need that grain. I don't know how you say that, la semence. And then you need that soil for it to grow from. Kim Thuy is an award-winning writer. Her books stem from her experiences as a Vietnamese refugee, arriving in the early 1980s in Montreal. She was nine years old. When you're refugees in your eyes, there's nothing. You're ejected from your past. You don't have a future. We didn't own a country anymore. And, uh, and so we were no longer Vietnamese because we fled, and we were not yet anything else. You're more than homeless, your country less. Yeah, you're outside of life almost. You're in the waiting, you know, in that hallway, waiting to be inside life again. Nobody wants to leave their house. Nobody wants to leave their country voluntarily, unless it's for work, unless it's for love, you know, like, like something uh, comforting or interesting or because you're an explorer. If we had not left, my uncle and my brothers would have been sent to a battlefield and they would die on a battlefield. So dying on a battlefield or at sea, it's the same death, you know. But at sea, at least you think that there will be that one percent that you survive. And I think it's the same thing for the migrants today. If they stayed where they are, they're being bombed. They would die anyway. You know, why not try another option? So a wall would not deter their will to leave because they don't have a choice. So yes, you can say that their boat will sink and they will still go because death does not scare us anymore in those extreme circumstances. You're already dead, you know, you're just trying to maybe have a second life. So it's not only to find a safe haven, but it's to be born again somewhere else. As refugees desperately try to reach safer shores, dreaming of a better life, scientists look outward as does Nahu Mantra. Three, two, one. I like to think that in the same way that the first human beings looked to the sky in order to find answers to the most fundamental questions, what we are, where we're coming from, where everything is going to. 
I think for me, in the same intuitive way, it was like, okay, space, there must be something there. There must be something really, really important. And since I was a kid and my father introduced me to Cosmos so by Carl Sagan, I kept like thinking and dreaming of outer space. My interest comes back to Earth. I'm very interested, I'm very concerned about all the things that are happening right now in this place with us. And space for me is like a black canvas, uh, making a reference to, to Malevich as well. But this black canvas can help us to see things from a different perspective, but also to write new rules. Home for me is home for me is home for me is home for me is language my mother familiarity my friend love harmony my parents emigrated from England and I was born in Canada I grew up there but I never felt at home there. I never felt comfortable. It always felt to me as though I was an alien in an alien land. So home is feeling of being safe and comfortable and accepted and where the idea of possibility exists. So that if I have the wit to dream of what might be possible, I also have an environment that might in fact support that. I recall very precisely the plane, you know, from the, the window of the plane and then to see all that snow. Oh my God! <laughs> That's the beauty of snow and winter. You feel like everything is clean, it's a new page, it's a new beginning, everything is possible. Snowbanks. When I first saw, no, when I saw my first snowbanks through the porthole, porthole of the plane, I'm sorry, I don't know okay. how to read this. Uh, when I saw, when I saw, when when I saw, I saw snow snowbanks snow 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 through the porthole of the plane at Mirabel Airport, then too, then too I felt naked, if not stripped bare. In spite of my short-sleeved pullover, purchased at the refugee camp in Malaysia before we left for Canada, in spite of my loose-knit, loose-knit brow sweater made by Vietnamese women, I was naked. No, you read it. You read it better than... When I saw my first snowbanks through the porthole of the plane at Mirabel Airport, then too I felt naked, if not stripped bare. In spite of my short-sleeved orange pullover, purchased at the refugee camp in Malaysia before we left for Canada, in spite of my loose-knit brown sweater made by Vietnamese women, I was naked. Several of us on the plane made a dash for the windows, our mouths agape, our, our expressions stunned. stunned. After such a long time in places without light, a landscape so white, so virginal, could only dazzle us, blind us, intoxicate us. Do you know if astronauts dream? And what do they dream of? You know, I always wanted to make a project about the dreams of astronauts. 
Um, I don't know what I dream. I've been in zero gravity, uh, which you do in parabolic flights, is part of uh, astronautic training. And these are space missions as such. So I was in one doing a project called Matters of Gravity and I was in weightlessness for one day and then I think for the next 10 days all of the artists that participated in the project our dreams were different normally I dream about flying but now I was dreaming about floating which is a very different sensation I remember that I would start my dream lying on bed and losing gravity it was very different from flying it's difficult to explain it but when there is weightlessness or microgravity, you lose weight. That means that every point of your body becomes nothing. And in that moment, you and nothingness are the same thing. Every single one of us has been touched or has a link to forced migration or migration in search of a better life. It's the history of humanity. But we are divided by borders, real and virtual. And we have labels. Refugee. Migrant. Temporary worker. Resident. Citizen. Let's explore this together. We need to go on this journey together. Empire of Dreams podcast.